So I'm just going to start off with what's on my mind for this little brief segment. Epi, whatever. Basically, earlier this morning, I went to the day hospital. I had the ultrasound done on my neck. I've had, like, issues, pain, swelling for, like, almost a year. Going to the emergency room. Like, it causes so much distress. I've got hyperthyroidism, first off, if you don't know. And usually it doesn't bother me much. If anything, I was totally keeping it in check with just taking sea kelp supplements uh, for the iodine replacement instead of, you know, the radioactive medication that I was actually on. But apparently it wasn't enough or at some point I think I kept getting so much like good reports about my thyroid like yeah there's nothing wrong you're good your levels are great where I laxed on using the iodine regularly um in 2017 and then 2018 was just okay you think you're okay I'm gonna show you why you're not and I just had so many problems from spring till now but I don't know if you tell the doctors, hey, my neck is bothering me. My thyroid is hurting. My lymph nodes are swollen and they hurt. I've been saying that for a year and I just now have the ultrasound done on my neck. Not only was the pain in the front and on the sides, apparently I had something in the back of my neck that at first felt like a bug bite. I remember it in the summer, um, but it never went away. So I was like, oh, maybe it's just like a skin situation. Maybe I'm growing a mole, skin tag, whatever you want to call them, and I don't have to worry about it. But then I started to have like pain. And then the pain like quickly got worse this winter to where it was like a noticeable lump. Um, say December, January, definitely December and January, and I mean, like, you could pinch it and grab it, it's like an inch wide, I'm not sure the depth, um, it's painful, like, if I lay back and press on it, it hurts, I can feel it, like, you know, if I lay on a pillow, uh, or basically not a pillow, and like a lot of the pressure is felt, cause it's it's, it's yeah, it's in the middle of my neck, above my right shoulder blade, and it hurts. And so, anyways, so I saw the doctor last week, and she scheduled me for an ultrasound that was supposed to be last week on Thursday. Well, insurance was like, no, you need to go to the day hospital, have it done. Why they can do it at my medical office is beyond me. So, uh, I had to go there. So I had to wait a few more days to find out why I'm hurting. Meanwhile, I had a bad, bad Saturday where my neck was so swollen. And I called myself, okay, I'm doing too much because I was feeling horrible on Friday. So we're like, I can't even play like Xbox. I was just so dizzy, so in pain, everything swaying. It was even until the point where like swallowing was a little difficult breathing was a little difficult in certain positions so I had to constantly readjust so I'm like okay Saturday I'm not gonna get up I'm gonna lay in the bed I'm gonna rest and that made it a little worse a little worse shit it was completely worse 
And then I was like, oh, this is like when September I got hospitalized and put on heparin. When my D-dimer was high and they put me on blood thinners, but luckily I did not have any clotting. So I'm like, well, my blood must be thick. And then when I did use like my uh, glucose meter needle to check my blood, it was really thick and kind of sticky to the touch. And I had not taken like a bunch of ibuprofen. You know, I've been trying to cut back on the ibuprofen 800 and the aspirin, even though it like does hurt my stomach if I take it on an empty stomach. Other than that, I've been using ibuprofen for like 11 years, 800s at that, and they have not given me any problems. That's what I use for pain management and basically reduction in inflammation. I don't use opioids. I don't mind narcotics. It's just, you know, for me, it doesn't even have anything to do with like the fear of being addicted. It's, they just aren't never enough. And I have a high tolerance for pain that used to be because I've been living my life in pain since like 15. So, and one, they constipate you. Two, I mean, if they do help, I also don't like, I don't like pill high. Like, when is this wave of, ugh, is going to be over? So it's not for me. <clears throat> if anything, I, I run in the complete direction opposite direction of painkillers unless I'm to the point where I'm in tears crying sobbing and then you can't get what you know works for you because of the freaking narcotics abuse opioid crisis problem you know it's kind of interesting when drugs are a crime with certain people of color use it and then when Caucasians have it in such an abundance it's a uh crisis and it, i ain't gonna lie i've watched like a lot of intervention it's quite jarring to see young white people think crack is the way to go when we just had like that whole thing how it wiped out the 80s of black people and just like ruined lives hello but they're not the children of crack addicted parents or in any way grandparents so they do not understand how bad this crack is like crack is whack hello <laughs> but it's it's disturbing they use the crack to you know cope and deal until they get their heroin or their pills anyway so but yeah because of people and all this addiction and stuff like that i know oxycodone works for me hydrocodone's okay but hydrocodone mixed with my xanax will give me a interaction that's bad and i will stop breathing so i don't like hydrocodone also, make sure if I do have some prescribed to me for pain, I don't take them with my Xanax. Because uh, I made that mistake one time and I fell asleep and I couldn't breathe. And I did think I'll wake out of that. It scared the crap out of me. It's like, oh, and that's also why I don't like pain pills. Anyways, um, so I know oxys work, but they can give me constipation. But I don't have to worry about that because of the metformin I take. <sighs> and steroids i tell you i need the cortisone shots but man the fact that i got diabetes from taking steroids is horrible and the fact that my doctor did not warn me back then this is a different doctor a different medical facility did not warn me that if you take steroids to help you you know walk have strength you know all the problems i was having when i was uh you know, when chemo started to wear out my body and I was having all this back pain and fatigue and stuff, you don't realize, okay, steroids have a risk of raising your blood sugars. Stupid doctor didn't tell me that. This doctor is so dumb. He's actually a PA. I never even met the medical doctor. He was the PA. He had me on furosemide and I'm allergic to sulfur. So I don't even see that. 
thank God I, I normally, I look out for myself enough common sense to save my life because they were prescribed for like excess water and fluid built up in the body. And I wasn't, I never really so swollen to where I even took the furosemide. But the one time where both my feet and ankles were just like so ballooned to where my feet were in pain several years ago. Not that long ago, but like I was married, so it's not that long ago. I want to say like five years ago, four years ago. Um, Yeah, they were so ballooned. He always said, take two and then, you know, elevate your feet. So I took the two and I'm like, oh, no. Anaphylaxis is kicking in. I can't breathe. I'm getting really short of breath and my throat is closing up. I know that, you know, the signs of an allergic reaction. I grab my liquid Benadryl, immediately chug a few gulps. Then I grab that phone and Google furosemide, which is something I've always done. I don't know why I did not Google these. I guess because I saw them, my aunt used them. I knew they were, you know, water pills basically, you know, remove water. And I never thought anything bad about them. But duh, girl, duh, you're allergic to sulfur, so you better find out what's in these things. Well, I didn't. And sure enough, they are sulfur drug. I was like, oh, Lord. So I called my roommate, called my husband. Like, I'm having an allergic reaction. I'm about to call 911 because I cannot stop. I'm like, throat's closing. So I called 911. The ambulance and the fire department come. Um, the firefighters always get here faster and they get here first. Anyways, I had two dogs. These two dogs that I love to death, you see them on my social media, Rarity and Nadine. They were not having, letting anybody in the house. Nadine kind of was cool. She she will chill out. You give her the right commands. But Rarity is such a skittish little beast. She was not having it. Um, and even though they calmed down some, this one firefighter tried to buck and he flared up and then set them both off barking at him. I was like, no, that's the last thing you want to do is sound aggressive. He tried to take charge and give him like a commanding go sit. I was like, pfft. You just triggered their instinct to protect me. That wasn't smart. <laughs> Anyways, they couldn't even get in the house to help me. And I'm like at the front door sitting on the couch, thankfully. And they're like standing by, you know, looking at me. And then my roommate, she got here in time. She took me. Um, My husband got here, my mom. And they got me to the emergency room just to, you know, make sure everything was okay. But yeah, I was like, all right throw these away, cuss him out, you know, I didn't cuss out my doctor because I heard someone else fussing at him, saying they had prescribed something that made a bad interaction, he's like, this is my life, blah, 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 I was like, oh, shiz, they do this to a lot of people, so I was like, well, look, I've been coming here for a few years, and I'm dead ass allergic to sulfur, nurse looks through the book and says, I don't even see it anywhere in here, I was like, wow, so, yeah, and I clearly remember the day I filled out the paperwork when you come in allergies sulfa whatever so anyways long story short that's the same dumb doctor who put me on steroids for my back by giving me the shots and never saying oh watch out for your blue clothes you could get your blue clothes your blood glucose you could end up with diabetes I didn't even have pre-diabetes I was never even pre-diabetic if anything, rewind, 2008, while on treatments for chemo, I had a hypoglycemic problem, 
where my levels were so low, I had to like eat candy and lots of stuff like that. Plus everything tasted like metal, so I definitely ate a lot of candy um, right after each session. So I remember telling even my oncologist, I'm like, man, I'm starting to like get this situation where I'm peeing every hour on the hour, certain times of the month, and so my body's just expelling all this water. Are you sure I'm not? It's like, it reminds me of like signs of prediabetes. Because I know about these things from home health care. You just got to know this stuff dealing with patients and how to tell the A's to look out for everybody and even what you experience yourself working in the nursing home. So it's like, I kept saying, he's like, you're fine. You don't have to worry about it. My A1C was normal and quite fine, um, according to my lab work back then. But I don't know if, um, you know, another year on the steroid. And the next thing I know after my aunt passed away, oh, and that was a very stressful time. Bam, I'm in the ER, full-blown diabetes, sugar level of 400, and it never got right since. And my A1C was like 11. It it just went from, I literally had just went to the doctors a month before this happened. Sorry, I did just my headset. And uh, everything was normal. Nothing about prediabetes, and then bam, your A1C is 11, your blood sugar is 400, you're in Virginia, and you have to call 911 in the middle of the night in a three-story house with your sisters. <laughs> and it's like, Jesus, I feel like I'm dying. I really had to get to the hospital. I'm so glad I did, and um, was so terrified. I did not want to be diabetic. I knew how the dangers of it. It was horrifying. I mean, I had to buy, like, all these test strips. My brother-in-law, you know, um, was trying to coax me through it. And I was just like, yeah, I'm so frightened. So, and test strips are, like, 70 to $80 a box. And this is before Walmart started selling that Rely On brand, which I have a backup meter for when I run out of my prescribed ones. I can go buy those now for, like, 10 or $20. You know, a box of 50 is, like... Ten dollars compared to seventy dollars, you know. So man, I was paying out the ass to make sure I was okay, and I over tested. I people think I over test now. I test more than I'm supposed to, which is you know, duh, at least three or four times a day before you eat. I'm like, how do you know how much to eat if you don't know what your levels are doing? But it's much better. I got my A1C down. I plateaued for a long time in like the eighth. No matter what was going on, and now it's fumbling like under that, you know, we're in the low sevens. Hopefully, I can get even lower. I'm losing weight, and I'm getting stressed and eliminating stressful situations in my life and taking charge. And then cut to okay, now you have all this situation. You go to the emergency room Saturday because of that horrible situation, and these stupid, stupid. Stupid doctor refused to run another D-dimer. She refused to care. She said, who cares if you have thickness of the blood? It's not a problem. I looked at my mother to the side. I looked at back at her, and we had been there like eight hours from 3.30 a.m. to like 10, I think we left, which was crazy. No, 11. We left at like 11 in the morning, 11-ish. And I'm like, what do you mean it's not a concern? Thickness of the blood can cause heart attack or stroke. Stroke! And also, I cannot sit up straight. I cannot stand up without falling over. I passed out from the dizziness of it all. She prescribed meclizine to, uh, 
you know, cut the dizziness. I'm like, what the fuck? Don't we need to know why I'm dizzy in the first place? She's like, just go home, suffer Sunday, and wait for your ultrasound on Monday. I'm not going to care about it. Who cares that you, you know, you're screwed today. Wait it out. I was like, wow. If I find out that I'm really fucked up, I will sue the shit out of this hospital. Because they are horrible. They are a death trap. That's all everybody ever says about it. Anyways, so today, bam, I had the ultrasound. It was like, wow, you know the, you know, person who does the actual ultrasound can never tell you a thing. And of course she didn't, and I didn't even bother to ask because I know this already. But I kind of know what I'm looking at when I see the monitor. And having had a massive tumor number before, you do know what you're looking at. And I've had other scares since then of like minor tumors. I had a nodule on my thyroid at one point that did eventually go away. When it was rechecked uh, about a year after that, and that was in, I want to say, 2013. And then uh, I had a lump in my breast. It was my right one. And boy, that one, cause that thing was kind of big. Scared the crap out of me. And I was just crying. You know, once you've had it before, you always know that it's a worry. And people who have had ovarian almost always could possibly come down with breast not almost always, but it's all—it's a high percentage of risk. And I was like, oh, no, here we go. And thankfully, that was some, something that was in the dermis layer of my skin. It was not necessarily in the breast tissue. And what's creepy about that thing is it was there for a few weeks. I'm going to say like a month before I had the mammogram. And then the next two days, it dissolved and went away how are you there a month i finally get you looked at so it's okay and it dissolved away it makes you wonder about that mind over matter did it like once it was there did my mind constantly like manifest its problem and keep it there and then once i knew it was okay my body relaxed and just absorbed it i don't know i hope it does it with this mess in my neck because sure enough when i looked at the monitor the lump in the back of my neck I can recognize the skin layer this time. And then what's the flesh? And boy, it's in the flesh. It's not in the dermis or epidermis layers of skin. It's under there. And it's nice and solid. It was extremely distinct. And um, I, of course, knew that's what I was going to see. I'm not dumb. I mean, I know it's there. It's a very unnotable soul. Uh, noticeable to feel it it's just still like mm. then when she did the one on my thyroid I'm not sure what I was really looking at there like to kind of make up the shape of kind of like the silhouette of the butterfly kind of shape of the thyroid so I could distinguish between that and then between fat cells then I was also noticing little pockets of other things but I'm not going to freak out about it because that could have been who knows what and I just don't know what the hell I'm looking at so I'm not going to um forget about it it did look kind of big I'm not gonna lie but you know once again I'm not an expert with that so I'm not going to dwell until I get information and the dwelling on something is what I'm really trying to deal with because even though I knew that lump was there, of course I knew I was going to see it. Seeing it confirmed it always is like, you kind of just was hoping it was a tension stress knot. Nothing, nothing as 
solid as what I saw. No, it's not a stress knot. And um, you still go in your feelings. I was sad. It's like, uh, so that's like pre-plan. Uh, here comes the surgery. And I've always said, I don't care if I ever get cancer again. There's no way, no way. The grand creator of all things that we see could never, ever convince me to take treatments for cancer again. So they can cut it out, but I will never, ever, ever take chemotherapy again. I will never, ever do radiation. I will never, ever put myself through that again, knowing how much I suffered before and the quality of life I kind of don't have now. So I will never, ever go through that side of it. I'd rather even eat a life of no sugar and hope that that would shrink or deter and kill off any cancer cells, you know, make sure no more even grow because sugar feeds cancer. But I'm not even going to go that far. I'm still just pissed off about the fact of uh, surgery finding a good neurosurgeon since this is back of my neck which means you probably need a head and spine neurosurgeon to do it and i'm googling some of the best in the country and the best in my state and i'm definitely gonna get done at duke hospital i'm going to go where my great uncle larry was a vice colo at one point and even though he's passed away now, they still remember him there and have a deep respect for that name. So we'll go where my name has a little bit of carry. And also when I had been there before, you know, Duke is the way to go. So no one in this town is going to cut me open. Never, ever. You go to this hospital to die, basically. You never, ever go there to live. Uh, uh, no. So I'm going to go there for my treatments. And now it's also making me rethink where am I going to move? Since that is a huge possibility for me right now. So I might need to start looking in Durham or Wake County instead of Nash, Edgecombe, and Wilson. Um, because I don't like having to travel up and down 64. I'm probably thinking too far ahead, but maybe not far enough. Knowing how all that back and forth was before. And, uh, anyways, I'll find a way to make it work and do what I gotta do if I'm going to, uh, face anything that comes. You know, it's like you try to be that person who can not wallow and you just wanna say, all right, here's what's going on. Now let's make a game plan. As I have been able to do that many a time. It's harder now. It's so much harder for me to do that. And it's, uh, that's why I need to keep busy. When I used to work for others and take care of others, I did not get to focus on myself. And I kind of like it that way. (sighs) Yeah, it's not the right thing to do. But I get a fulfillment from helping others. A legit fulfillment. Hell, even like my numerology number, if that's a thing that you're into, uh, is like my life number is nine. 
just a helper or a leader, you know, and like that's totally me to the T, like every word it describes. So, um, I just, I'm tired. <laughs> I really am. It's been like non stop. And then people keep dying on both sides of my family. I mean, every year, someone I love or cared about or knew is dead. And then they come in threes. So. Just want to, like do kind of almost like I see all these videos of people RVing and living in the van and getting out and escaping the big ass. If I can rig up a cool ass, let me see. I would do like either a box truck or I do like a pickup truck and haul a cargo trailer that's modified to where I can like sleep in it, have a big ass screen TV, and still play Xbox with my light, solar, X battery, propane situation, whatever I have to do to hook that sucker up. It'll be like traveling with like a to-go hotel. And I can get out and see some things and see my friends back in Virginia. I always just want to have like one big ass party, blow out and find all my old pals and buddies. And we just get so gone get completely lit and just have like a two-day event <laughs> a two-day of just kicking it good times i want to go back to bush gardens i mean we used to always go and we had the best of fun as a family or with some friends you know with bush gardens being so close it's always bush gardens or king's dominion and definitely bush gardens would usually win because I had my like favorite ride, which was Roman uh, Rapids. Oh, man. I love Roman Rapids. It incorporated water and just like it was a thrill, but it was safer. I didn't like roller coasters because I don't like drops. So you get a little bit of dupes and hoops all there, but it was so fun. So I love Roman Rapids. I remember one time my sister and my cousin... And I got on there. It was like near the end of the day where like the park's about to close. And we kept getting back in line, kept getting back in line. Like two, three times we did this. And the guy was just like, y'all just stay on it. And he just let us keep riding a couple more times. We went home completely soaking wet. It was awesome. Um, so yeah. I don't ride Pompeii. I've never ridden Pompeii, but I've stood at the platform and gotten wet by Pompeii like many times. So I want to go and finally get on the damn Pompeii ride because of the stupid drop is why I've never gotten on it. <laughs> I've done Diamond Falls at King's Man, but <laughs> believe me, I've been on a roller coaster. In fact, I was on the stand-up roller coaster that they took down at King's Man called the Shockwave. So I've been on a roller coaster and I did that at like 10 and if you're going to do it and only do it once, that's the way to go. It was super badass. And I only did it because I got to hang out with the teenagers. We were at, like, some kind of day summer camp. And we went to Kingston Man 
me and my sister with the group because of my height like I said I was like five six at nine so 10 years old you know I'm definitely able to roll with teenagers and ride the bigger rides so I got to ride with other kids named Leander who I went to school with his sister but he went to school with mine we're all, all like five years apart um, so he was older. He was so cute to me. And I got to ride. Nothing ever happened, ever. It's one of those little kid crushes. And the guy's just super nice. And then we all kind of like grew up in the same faith. So it was interesting. And he's just like, and then I like ride in the back where the drop's even worse. We were like second row to the last row. And oh man, I remember I was terrified on the way up. Close my eyes, don't remember a thing because you didn't feel it. I was like, boom, drop, immediate loop. And then I opened my eyes when it was done. I was like, wow. And then I kind of had the euphoria where I liked it. And I was like, oh, let's do it again. Somebody said, Crystal, you're green. <laughs> I was like, oh, crap. And I didn't get on anything else. <laughs> But in the moment, I probably could have ridden that sucker like five more times. Anyways, um, so yeah, I uh, so that's the stuff I would like to do before I find out some nonsense. I want to get this dizziness under control. I want to deal with at least remove what's in my neck get it out maybe i'll make some decisions later down the road if there are decisions that even need to be made but i want to i know for sure get my ass out travel i've been saving up and wanting to do this anyways um constantly planning for trips and things i just can't get my body to cooperate so that's what's going on with me i want to spill my guts it feels better feel lighter and um I don't know what I'm gonna do but somehow this stuff talking about it to myself out loud like this is kind of therapeutic and I'm sure when you guys send me some messages you can like the page for tricky hit camp on Facebook Google I love googling tricky hit camp and it comes up you see my face you can find uh, some of the different platforms the podcast is carried on to listen to, like Stitcher and Apple, Google, uh, Podcasts, Skits, um, Overcast. It's a lot. I think it's on like eight or nine different ones, which is so cool. I'm getting followers now. I'm getting more and more listeners, which is awesome, which means I need to really provide more content so you guys have something to listen to. I still am waiting to like get more comments and things and like I just would like interaction you know I want to interview different stories if you got an interesting story let me know you can go to the Facebook page and send me a private message uh, and I'll get it it'll come up on messenger and that would be super cool because I'm looking for interesting stories like my friend Ryan I have another friend and his girl who are a fabulous couple and they have an international relationship that's long distance but he actually went to see her and it's so precious 
I would just love them to share their story and I really be pushing for like, okay, you need to get on 90 Day Fiance <laughs> and like display all of this awesomeness. Oh man, the video from the meeting at the hotel, at the airport for the first time was just so freaking amazing. It made me love love again. I like cried because I like talk to both of them sometimes and it's just, uh, they're so cool people. Anyways. So, like, stuff like that. And I'm working on intro music. I'm literally trying to come up with a slight little jingle beat. I want to do something simple like how Jenny McCarthy's podcast just starts. And it sounds like Darling Wahlberg, her husband, just goes, The Jenny McCarthy Show. Oh, well, that's as basic as it gets. <laughs> I just want something like that. I have a cool Scottish friend who won't do it for me. I'm like, your voice is dope. Give me a little cute little something, douchebag. And he tells me all these funny ways he would say it. He ain't done it yet. So anyways, he's super introvert. and uh, He doesn't realize he's awesome, which is kind of cute. And then it's exhausting because it's like, okay, I'm not going to fucking tell you you're cool anymore. If you don't believe it by now, then who cares? I'm not going to care anymore. So <laughs> I will be uh, looking forward to hearing from you guys. That way, you can follow me on Instagram, Cecilia underscore uh, Crystal. I don't really post much up there. I am not a fan of Instagram. I could give a shit what other people are doing. I don't care about what I'm doing. <laughs> but I do get on Twitter sometimes, so you can at Cecilia on Twitter. And some bitch tried to get me to give her my name. I was like, no. It's not for sale. Hopefully she takes the hint and realizes, yeah, name your price. <laughs> so, um, whatever. Get out of here with that nonsense. I have a tricky hit camp Twitter, but it's not active right now. I just made it because I wanted to get it and have an Instagram one too, so I can make sure I have the name. But right now I'm not really worried about it. Um, working on a logo. I've had the logo for years. I just need to, like, I want to see, like, some fresh eyes. So I got my nieces on the case. If y'all don't know by now where I got the name from, which I have not said, so you probably don't know. I am a huge advocate of marijuana. Love it. Believe in it. It's great. When I don't smoke it, I have problems like this. And I don't smoke that much anymore because of the diabetes. And I'm not into vaping. I don't do edibles because they're, one, not legal. So I ain't even had any. I've made some, which is so much work. You have to extract it in the butter and then go bake with it. Oh, it takes like a good ounce or two. It's got the time and the effort these days. So, just good old-fashioned roll them up. Uh, but, you know, because of diabetes, you're not supposed to be smoking. So, a puff here or there. Then I just get lazy. Like, I don't feel like rolling. Whatever. Okay. Long story short. THC. Tricky hit camp. I'm tricky when I want to be. I am a hick because, duh, I'm a North Carolinian bread girl. I don't have a Southern accent anymore. I lost it when I was a child. We moved to VA when I was eight, and we stayed there for 10 years. The part of Virginia we lived in was a military town, so nobody had a country accent. We all talked like I do. <laughs> That's why I hate when people say, oh, you sound like a white girl. I'm like, no, I sound like everybody in Hampton, and a lot of us were just black. We read, we're articulate, 
we articulate, <laughs> articulate, we are well-read, we had high grades and advanced placement classes, and we all acted like this and sounded like this, you know, many races, so I think it's, you know, regional, I think it's to get away from the race of it all, that's not speaking black or white, okay, okay, let me stop right there, there is a way to be speaking too white and speaking too black, so let me just leave that all alone, I just speak uh, 1983 born human being. That's how I speak in the regions of North Carolina and Virginia. I talk with Southern euphemisms in this voice, a non-regional dialect when it wants to be. And uh, so yeah, tricky hit camp. And I just think the sea had to be camp because it like, come join my camp, join my cult, join my crew. You know, get down with the cause. Whatever the hell that cause is. We don't know, but we'd mix it all better. That's for sure. <laughs> so, um, yeah, more stuff to come. I'll keep you updated with what's going on with this stuff. And uh, share your stories. And if you're going through it, you're never going through it alone. There's all these people out here who are out there to share it with you. Before when I went through this, I was on MySpace. And boy, did that help a lot. So there's a huge social media community that I can always fall back on. Well, you kind of don't want to unload shit on your family. And I do get guilty about that, you know. It's like, I don't want to stress them out with how I really feel about all this. But if they're listening, I guess I've defeated that purpose. Anyways, long story short, this is about to be 40 minutes. So I'm ending it right here once again. I'll catch you guys later, and uh, <laughs> stay tricky hickey out there. <laughs> That's for you, Mashana. <laughs>